0: All right. Well, welcome back to Abounding Love Podcast. I'm Dave Nelson, and if you could go ahead and open up your Bibles to Acts chapter five. Once again, as always, uh, like I've mentioned before in a previous podcast, this is a Bible study. So, really encourage you if you can, if you're in a, in an area where you can do so. Where I mean, you're not driving or something like that. Really encourage you to open up your Bibles and. Follow along with us and uh, open up your hearts, more importantly, to what the Holy Spirit may speak to you directly. Not as a result of my words, because my words are never going to do anything within your heart. Only the Word of God has that power. So as we open up the Bible, though, here, and as we go through chapter 5 on this podcast here, um, we'll be looking at the Word of God. So be open to what the Holy Spirit may speak to you. How it, how it may uh, relate to you personally. thats what This is all about you growing in the grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and, and Savior, Jesus Christ, and you being empowered by the Holy Spirit to go out and then share His love with others around you. But uh, anyway, hopefully you're there. Acts chapter 5, and we'll go ahead and begin in verse 1. It says, but a certain man named Ananias with Sapphira, his wife, sold a possession and he kept back part of the proceeds, his wife also being aware of it and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles feet. So we see here that Sapphira, uh, his wife, is an accomplice in this whole thing. She is as much to blame as Ananias is. This is a husband and wife participating together in wrongdoing. And uh, what other couple in the Bible comes to mind when you you think of that? Adam and Eve, right? Male and female. He created them and and both are guilty. And the same thing's taking place here. Verse 3. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and keep back part of the price of the land for yourself? Now, I have a question for you as we read that verse right there. Where did Peter get this knowledge from? He got this knowledge from the Holy Spirit, right? Remember we studied the gifts of the Holy Spirit on previous podcasts. What gifts were operating here in Peter, do you think? Well, let's uh, let's let's turn and look at those gifts again for a minute. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians 12 chapter 12 and we're going to go ahead and read uh, verses 1 through 11. So 1st Corinthians 12 verses 1 through 11 and I'm not there yet so bear with me just one second. Okay 1st Corinthians 12 starting in verse 1. Now Concerning spiritual gifts brethren I do not want you to be ignorant you know that you were gentiles carried away to these dumb idols however you were led therefore I make known to you that no one speaking by the holy spirit calls Jesus a curse and no one can say that Jesus is lord except by the holy spirit there are diversities of gifts but the same spirit there are differences of ministries but the same lord And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, To another, different kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all of these things, distributing to each one individually as He wills. So whose will is it that we receive gifts from the Holy Spirit? It is the will of the Holy Spirit Himself. And we see here various gifts, various gifts within the body of Christ. No one gift Blankets all of us. But with Peter back here, flipping back to Acts, um, with Peter here in this whole situation, we see that um, he could have been, uh, you know, moving in any one of these gifts we just read about. Could have been a word of wisdom, could have been a word of knowledge, could have been the discerning of spirits. You see, something led him to see that Satan had filled the heart of Ananias so that he lied to the Holy Spirit. Okay, so back here in Acts chapter 5, verse 4, it says, While it remained, was it not your own? And after it was sold, was it not in your own control? Why have you conceived this thing in your heart? You have not lied to men, but to God. So, Peter seems to be saying here in verse 4 Hey, you owned the land and you weren't forced to sell it. And when you did sell it, the money was yours and you didn't have to give it. So, the problem here wasn't him not giving it all. The problem was that Ananias was lying. But who was he lying to? It says, in verse 3 there, that he was lying to the Holy Spirit, right? We read that in verse 3, that he lied to the Holy Spirit. Then verse 4 says that he didn't lie to men, but to God. So what does that tell you? The Holy Spirit is God, okay? So always compare Scripture with Scripture. When you get on a topic, when someone wants to talk to you about... Someone knocks on your door and they want to talk to you about something, and they want to argue with you about God and the oneness of God and all these different things. People want to argue uh, the Trinity, whatever it may be. just go to the scripture right here we see in verse three and verse four that the Holy Spirit is God, okay, so a whole nother topic there, kind of getting off a little bit, but let's let's look at verse five. Then Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and breathed his last. So great fear came upon all those who heard these things. And the young man arose and wrapped him up, carried him out, and buried him. Now it was about three hours later when his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. And Peter answered her, Tell me whether you sold the land for so much. She said, Yes, for so much. Then Peter said to her, How is it that you have agreed together to test the Spirit of the Lord? Look, the feet of those who have buried your husband are at the door, and they will carry you out. Then immediately she fell down at his feet and breathed her last. And the young men came in and found her dead, and carrying her out, buried her by her husband. So great fear came upon all the church and upon all who heard these things. You see, there was a movement of the Holy Spirit taking place. Many people had come to the the Lord, and the Holy Spirit was orchestrating the whole thing. But you know, the same holds true today. If the hearts of people are going to change, then it's going to be the work of the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit of God shows up, then deception and lying cannot be present. This husband and wife team wanted to appear as if they were in this movement of the Holy Spirit. They wanted to see like they were part of it, but there was something going on inside of them that was of Satan. You know, Satan is the father of all lies and deception, but the Holy Spirit is working. And when the Holy Spirit is working, He will cleanse the church. He will cleanse the body of Christ of those that are one thing on the outside and there's something different on the inside. Peter, by the gifting of the Holy Spirit, spotted this deception in both of them. It seems that it was conceived in the heart of Ananias, but Sapphira was right there with him. Okay? And, uh, Verse 12, and through the hands of the apostles, many signs and wonders were done among the people, and they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. Here again, we see these words, one accord. We've seen it a couple different times now as we've gone through the book of Acts. By working in every heart, the Holy Spirit is providing unity and a oneness of heart and mind. But here's something interesting. Did the outside world as a whole want to join in with these believers? That's a loaded question, okay? Look at verse 13. It says, Yet none of the rest dared join them, but the people esteemed them highly. So you see, they didn't want to join them, but they thought highly of them, you know? Is that the same in Christianity today? Do Christians behave in such a manner that that even when people are not really, don't want to believe what, what we believe, say, but yet they'll still esteem us highly? Sure. We're, and as we study the Word of God and as we study, you know, in our daily lives as Christians, we know that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. That no one comes to the Father but by Him. There is no other way. But by those on the outside, we should be seen as people of love. We should be approachable. We shouldn't be seen as as some, you know, high and and holier-than-thou religious person who no one can approach. We need to be there for the world. Look at Jesus. He was accused of eating eating with the sinners. You know why he was accused of that? Because he did. He loved them. He reached out to them. So now we need to be careful as followers of Jesus. We don't want to say, well, you know, I used to have an alcohol problem. Now, you know what, I have a desire within me to go back to the bars and and, uh, tell people there about Jesus. Now, you'll end up falling back into it. But so there's got to be wisdom and the Holy Spirit will lead you in that area. But what I'm saying is, is we need to be esteemed highly. We should be by others. We shouldn't be looking to please men. It's not about being pleasing to men. But what I'm saying is, is we should be approachable. They should see Christ in us. They should see His love, His grace, and His mercy all over us because we're just sinners saved by grace. We're nothing more than that. Okay? Verse 14. It says, uh, "...and believers were increasingly added to the Lord, multitudes of both men and women." Okay? Why do you think that the power of the Holy Spirit at work didn't change the heart of every human being? So many were believing and great works were taking place, right? Why is it that the Holy Spirit didn't change the heart of every human being? God is sovereign. There are people out there that are just closed to the gospel of Jesus Christ. They're closed to the truth. Their hearts, they're so mixed up in this world, so caught up in this world. And you know what? I'm one of them. That's where I was. Before I came, before I fell on my knees in my apartment one day and surrendered my life to Jesus Christ, I was lost in this world, thinking I had to control everything thinking I had to make everything happen, thinking that uh, if it didn't come through me or if I didn't lead it or something like that, then I wasn't going to do it. But I had to come to that place where I surrendered my life completely to Jesus Christ. And as we read there in verse 14, that believers were increasingly added to the Lord, multitudes of both men and women. Where's that work of the Holy Spirit today? It still happens. It's still taking place. People are being saved day by day throughout this whole world. There's a movement of the Holy Spirit. It has never stopped. And and the Holy Spirit is bringing everyone into remembrance of Jesus Christ, all that He said, all that He done. And the Holy Spirit used men to write down all the things that Jesus said and done, all the things that God want it to speak to mankind, and and you and I have that. And I know every home in America has at least one Bible. That's the Word of God. And all you need to do is open it up and begin to read this 66-book love letter that God has written to you, and you'll see that the Holy Spirit will change your heart as well. Verse 15, it says, So that they brought the sick out in the streets and laid them on beds and couches that at least the shadow of Peter passing by might fall on some of them. Also a multitude gathered from the surrounding cities to Jerusalem, bringing sick people and those who were tormented by unclean spirits and they were all healed. You see, this was an undeniable work of God. Believers all in one accord under the power of the Holy Spirit. And wonderful miracles were taking place. But here again, I want to stress this, that this was not the work of men. Men can't do this kind of work. This was the work of God. It was the work of the Holy Spirit. And believers were at it, multitudes were at it because of the work of the Holy Spirit. And me, that's why I said at the beginning of this podcast here, my words can't change someone's heart. My words can't impact someone's life, but the word of God can. And that's why through this podcast I'm I'm urging you if you listen to it at all, open up your Bibles. Read through with us. Study it yourself. Listen to what the Holy Spirit desires to speak into your life. Verse 17. Then the high priest rose up, and all those who were with him, which is the sect of the Sadducees, and they were filled with indignation and laid their hands on the apostles and put them in the common prison. So these men were not filled with the Holy Spirit. They were filled with indignation. They had anger and rage going on inside of them. But what could they possibly be upset about? You know, what's wrong with people coming to the Lord? What was wrong with people coming to the Lord during that time? Why did these people care? The reason was, is they were losing people. If someone turns to the Lord, then they're turning away from our religion. They're going to drop their religion, these people that come to the Lord, and they're going to realize that they have a personal and intimate relationship with Jesus Christ, and they don't need a religion. They don't need a mediator between them and God. It is Jesus Christ and Him alone that they need. But these people were upset that they were losing people. They could care less about the work of God. They needed to have control of the people. And now someone else was in control. And who was in control? Not Peter and John and these guys. No, the Holy Spirit was in control. But they couldn't see that. So they blamed the apostles. You know? And it's unfortunate. But that kind of thing takes place today, you know, and we won't go there right now on this podcast, but you know, as as you grow in the grace and in the knowledge of the Lord, and as you are led by the Holy Spirit, don't worry about what man says or does, that's what's taking place here, these Sadducees, they're getting upset, they're coming after them, they want to stop the work that's going on because they're losing control, but you need to press on, in the power of His might, and know that God has a calling for you. He has a plan and a purpose for your life. That's why I really believe that's why you're listening to this podcast. Here again, not that this podcast is anything special at all. Nothing special about this. But I believe there's something special about the fact that the Holy Spirit is working in your heart as you listen to this, wooing you, to draw closer to the Lord in a deeper, personal, and more intimate relationship with Him. Let's press on. Verse 19. But at night, an angel of the Lord opened the prison doors and brought them out and said, Go stand in the temple and speak to the people all the words of this life. And when they heard that, they entered the temple early in the morning and taught. But the high priest and those with him came and called the council together with all the elders of the children of Israel and sent to the prison to have them brought. But when the officers came and did not find them in the prison, they returned and reported, saying, Indeed, we found the prison shut securely and the guards standing outside before the doors, but when we opened them, we found no one inside. The angel of the Lord, here, as I read this, was very tidy. He opened the prison doors and he shut it securely. And he did all of this without disturbing the guards. Now, this brings something to mind for me. I saw a little cartoon in the paper. It showed uh, Haiti destroyed by the earthquake And above it, it said, an act of God. Then right next to it, it showed Uncle Sam, of course, representing America, with his hands stretched out into the rubble of the earthquake. And above it, it said, an act of humanity. Now, I had a problem with that. And as I see the Holy Spirit working here in the book of Acts and good things are taking place, there's not destruction taking place. God desires to do a good work in the hearts of men and women. He does not come to kill and destroy. Jesus said that He came that we might have life and life more abundantly, but the thief, Satan, comes to kill and to destroy. Jesus promised that in this world we will have tribulation. As long as we are in the flesh, we won't escape hard times and even disasters like what we see happened in Haiti. But we must realize that God desires to do a work in our hearts. That's what God desires to work. But not everyone will believe in God. Many will choose to see Him as someone that is disturbing their happiness with earthquakes and storms. But God's work is an internal work. And Satan's work is an internal work. We have the choice of an internal abundant life or an internal death and destruction, okay? So what I'm saying with that whole cartoon thing I saw in the paper is it's it's the, that's not what God's about. Man looks on the outward, God looks on the heart. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whomsoever believes on him will not perish but have everlasting life. And you see, that work that Jesus came to do was a work inside of you. He didn't come to change your clothes. He came to change your heart. He didn't come to change your house. He came to change your heart. And we need to start to look unto God in that way. As our Heavenly Father, as somebody we can cry out to, Abba, Father, which means Papa, Daddy. Daddy. We can have an intimate relationship with him. Ananias and Sapphira, though they appeared to be doing good, Satan filled their hearts with a lie. Now, verse 24, Now when the high priest, the captain of the temple, and the chief priest heard these things, they wondered what the outcome would be. So one came and told them, saying, Look, the men whom you put in prison, are standing in the temple and teaching the people. Then the captain went with the officers and brought them without violence, for they feared the people, lest they should be stoned. And when they had brought them, they set them before the council. And the high priest asked them, saying, Did we not strictly command you not to teach in this name? And look, you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine, And intend to bring this man's blood on us. You see, these religious leaders were very arrogant. They thought that they were in control of everything. You know, this kind of speech is is very common with men and women that want to control others. They say things like, didn't I tell you not to do that? (laughs) But in this case here, these Sadducees were scared. They didn't want this crime of killing Jesus to be placed on their heads. When Jesus was crucified, dead and buried, they thought it was all over. But He rose from the dead, and not only that, He would be on the earth forever by the power of His Holy Spirit. And there are men today that give an appearance of being religiously good. But behind the scenes... They're tearing others down. And this will not prevail because the power of the Holy Spirit at work in individuals' hearts will never cease. If the Holy Spirit desires to do a work in you, He will do it. If He desires to do a work through you, He will do it. He may, there may, persecution may come in, Others may come in and tear you down or try and stop you, but the Holy Spirit will open up another door and put you on a different path if you are willing. If you humbly just bow down and don't get all tied up in the things of this world, don't get all tied up with those that are persecuting you and persecute them back or fight back with them, just move on. Just move on in the work that the Lord has for you. Verse 29, but Peter and the other apostles answer and said, we ought to obey God rather than men. You see, this is a huge verse for me. It's very easy for us sometimes to be people pleasers, but we must stay focused on the work of the Lord in our lives and forget about man, especially the religious hypocrites that are still on the earth today. You know, let's face it. it, The the same thing that existed in biblical times still exists today. But none of us are called to put our focus on man. We are to fix our eyes on Jesus. See, He is the author and the finisher of our faith. Hebrews 12, 2 says, right? So if he's the author of our faith, in other words, he gave it to us. He started us on this journey, this walk with him. He's the finisher. We just need to stay right there, trusting in him. Look at verse 30 through 32. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom you murdered by hanging on a tree. Him God has exalted to his right hand to be Prince and Savior to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are His witnesses to these things. And so also is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey Him. So the Holy Spirit is given to those who do what? What's it say there? And we are His witnesses to these things. And so also is the Holy Spirit Whom God has given to those who do what? Obey Him. Obedience. See, God does not require sacrifice. He requires obedience. He wants our hearts surrendered to Him in total obedience that He might lead and guide us through this life. Verse 33 says, When they heard this, they were furious and plotted to kill them. You see, when you stand up and you speak the truth boldly, don't expect that people will receive it joyfully. If their heart isn't open, they will find a way to knock you down. The apostles would end up dying for the things they were standing for. Verse 34, Then one in the council stood up a Pharisee named Gamaliel, a teacher of the law held in respect by all the people and commanded them to put the apostles outside for a little while. And he said to them, Men of Israel, take heed to yourselves what you intend to do regarding these men. For some time ago, Theodos rose up, claiming to be somebody. A number of men, about 400, joined him. He was slain and All who obeyed him were scattered and came to nothing. After this man, Judas of Galilee rose up in the days of the census and drew away many people after him. He also perished, and all who obeyed him were dispersed. And now I say to you, keep away from these men and let them alone. For if this plan or this work is of men, It will come to nothing. But if it is of God, you cannot overthrow it, lest you even be found to fight against God. Now, remember back in verse 13, we saw that these believers were held in high esteem by all the people, but that wasn't the case with the religious leaders. But Gamaliel was highly respected. Remember, and you can study this on your own, but Saul of Tarsus was trained under him, and Gamaliel stood up, and he gave them some, really some good sound advice here. If this is of man, it will fail. It's, if it's of God, you won't stop it. And as you read through that, you can think back on some people. Even in our own modern day, guys like the David Coresius of the world, that, uh, came up and had people following them and boom they're gone not so with jesus christ is it? he's a he's a risen savior he's a living god he's alive and well and he's at work in the world today through his holy spirit verse 40 and they agreed with him and when they had called for the apostles and beaten them they commanded that they should not speak in the name of jesus And let them go. So they agreed with Gamaliel. But they beat him anyway. But the Holy Spirit was in them. And the name of Jesus was going to continue on. And the name of Jesus still continues on today. Verse 41. So they departed from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. And daily in the temple and in every house they did not cease teaching and preaching Jesus as the Christ. A question we can ask ourselves is, are we okay with suffering if it is for the name of Jesus? We don't have to worry about that if we keep quiet. But if we're going to keep His name quiet, then we also don't need the power of the Holy Spirit. But on the other hand, If you're going to proclaim his name, know that there will be persecution. You may just, out of the the depths of your heart, love your unsaved family members so much, you begin to tell them about Jesus and they begin to tell you you're in some sort of cult or this, that, or the other thing, or, or they're nice about it and they say to you, well, that's okay for you, that's yours, but I don't need that. Or they may say, that's your crutch, whatever it may be. There will be some form of persecution. There will be some form of you being tore down for the name of Jesus. But why look at it as, as if that's strange? Look at the Bible. We're reading it right now. They suffered for the name of Jesus. They were warned not to preach in that name. And many will come into your life and tell you, stop talking to me about Jesus. I don't want to hear it. But you need to reach out to them in love anyway and point them to Jesus. But you also need to realize that that we serve a Savior that we can approach. Our Savior is approachable. We can boldly come to the throne of God because of His grace. He understands our every need. So why would we portray him to other people as hard and callous? Because if you're hard and callous to other people, then that's how they're going to see Jesus. But I really encourage you to let Christ be seen in you. And here again, I never know who's listening, but if you haven't come to the knowledge of Jesus as your Lord and Savior, today's the day of salvation. Just simply call out to him And ask Him to come into your heart. Surrender your life to Him. You see, it does take repentance, okay? Let's not leave that out. You have to to turn from the life that you've led apart from serving God. You need to turn from that. And you need to turn to our Lord Jesus Christ. But know that He's alive. He's a risen Savior. And when you turn from this world, And when you turn from trusting in yourself and you turn from your own religious ways that you've made up on your own, whatever it may be, and you turn to the living God, he will, by his Holy Spirit, come and indwell you. And then you will be his witness in this earth, a witness to his love, a witness to his grace, a witness to his mercy. So thank you again for uh, listening, and may God bless you, and we'll see you in Acts chapter 6 when we get there. God bless.